0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Fit Fun Father Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Sobq, and we are back for another stellar episode. This is episode number five. And in this episode, we're going to discuss nutrition, some of the different modalities that exist, some of the diet plans, where you should start. If you're new or just looking at getting into shape and you're asking the question, what am I supposed to be eating? Should I be doing keto? Should I be doing this? We'll dive into this topic. We'll have a discussion about what I think the approach should be to your nutrition, especially if you were just starting and you have nowhere, uh, no background or nowhere to begin Even though researching is a fantastic way to find these things out, I'm going to just try and level with you the best I can and give you uh, my perspective and some of my opinions on how I think you should proceed. Um, Yeah. So let's dive right into it. Okay. So, nutrition, you're brand new. You are sitting at home, you're a to-be-fit-fun father, right? Because that's what we're trying to promote here. Get you dads and moms in the best shape of your lives so that you can have quality, longevity with your children and have the ability to be able to um, spend that time to the fullest and, and really... Um, understand your kids at a different level, um, than I guess what a lot of parents, including myself, used to be like, right? Um So when I got started in this journey, every it was always about ensuring that we are eliminating a lot of our sugars, uh, processed foods, that we're eating wholesome vegetables, proteins, um, fruits, um, we're getting our fat sources from nuts. And I think it is, is, it's a very simple trans change, um, as to what you should be eating. Now we can get into counting calories. We can get into what you burn on a daily basis, but at the end of the day, we're, if we're getting ready for a competition or we're getting to a certain percentage of body fat and we're getting lean, there's a little more fine-tuning that I think comes in with the calorie counting. And yes, you must be in a calorie deficit to ultimately lose weight. There are uh, contributing factors that will play a part in that journey Um, that a lot of people may, may not realize or overlook such as your hormone levels dealing with, um, cortisol, dealing with Gremlin when we're hungry, the secretion of those hormones, um, uh, testosterone for us guys. Uh, As we get older, we know that those levels drop off getting those tested things that we can do to maybe increase our testosterone, um, those all play a factor in the dieting or how you eat. So if you are eating a large amount of processed foods, things that are highly palatable, things that are marketed for mass consumption, because let's face it, when you go to the store and you buy a bag of Doritos, they taste delicious. They, they're they salted with umpteen amounts of, different chemicals that allow for your taste buds to basically send that signal to the brain that, hey, this is fantastic. You need to continue to consume. With these foods, there are very little in the way of um, quantity or nutritional values, I would say it, I guess, off the top of my head we we ff- we spend too much time um snacking and eating things that have no nutritional value which still has a caloric intake which ultimately is going to probably spill over when you are consuming three four or five meals a day depending on what it is your routine provides and it's very simple to wake up in the morning and grab a a granola bar, unwrap it, you know, maybe it has 12 grams of sugar, you know, it's, it's, it's full of chocolate and stuff. It's palatable. It's, um, um, quick and it says on the package, it's healthy, right? So we, uh, well, we, are we getting the best of both worlds? Not really. It's a lot of marketing that goes into, um, some of those foods. So those of you who are out there that you're utilizing fast food. You're utilizing the corner store to consume a lot of your food. This is what I would say off the bat. Because the best diet is always going to be the one you follow at the end of the day. So what I mean by that is with some of the clients that I've had in the past or are currently working with, they indicate to me... I don't like chicken or I'm not a big fan of salmon or, oh, rice, not happening. And that's understandable. If I I put a cookie cutter nutritional plan together that says you're going to eat chicken and rice and broccoli three times a day, four times a day for the next 16 weeks, most people, most people, because there are some people that can separate the food from the result or the goal, or the journey of the goal. But in in most cases, for people starting out who are just moving the rock a little bit further ahead, um, that's unrealistic. That's not going to happen. Because you're taking somebody who has, maybe for the last 10 or 15 years, consumed a large amount of highly palatable processed foods, um... And the brain is a sucker for for glucose and sugar, and it will eat it all day long. Hence why you get that bit of a rush, because it doesn't have to, when you put sugar into your body, it's, it's immediately converted in the liver. It goes like, it's like a rocket ship for your brain. Like it, the digestive process is like next to nothing, right? Um, And I don't want to get into much of the the science behind a lot of it, Um, you know, and if you have any comments on this or you figure that you have some some added value, please drop me a a comment, uh, DM me. I always like to get into um, conversation. That's how we learn and grow. But what I like to do instead is I like to find out first and foremost, before I give anybody any nutritional advice. I want to know what they're currently eating. What are you currently eating? I need to have a baseline as to figuring out what it is that you require, what direction you need to go in. And a lot of times, I had one individual I was giving a little bit of advice to. And he was eating, you know, steak and potato. And he, you know, it was a bigger gentleman. And he said, you know, I, I, I eat fairly healthy. Like, I'm eating really good solid foods. Like, I'm not in the bag of chips all the time. And I went, okay, well, what else? Give me everything that you're consuming. And what it was is he was drinking six Pepsis a day because he was a big fan of Pepsi. We just eliminated the Pepsi, okay? And what we did is we went from, I went, go from six to three for the first week. And then in the second week, I want you to take three down to one. And then in the third week, I want you to eliminate that last can. So from week one to week three, we took six cans of Pepsi down to none. We didn't go from six to zero because we're still allowing for that transition, which I think is extremely important. Going zero from zero to hero is, is a recipe for disaster as far as I'm concerned when you approach diets like that and a lot of cookie cutter diets out there are exactly that. And when I speak and when I have clients and we are, you know, depending on where you are in the world, maybe you're local to me which it would be fantastic and then we can meet one on one, but if you're an online um, client and you're looking to get in shape, giving you a cookie cutter diet on a meal plan on a PDF or something, it's great. It's, it's fantastic to have that, that information, which you could probably get anywhere. But the, what you need is to have that accountability, that one-on-one access. Hey, here are some suggestions on the foods you should be eating. Here are the things you said you liked, you didn't like. Where are you at? Right? And making those, making that progress. Okay, here's your homework assignment for the next week. This is what I want you to do. When you can approach things like that, and this is something I really, really wish I had when I started. That accountability is just, it's almost priceless. Because when you're when you're struggling and you're like, oh, you know what, I'm not today. Oh no, but my coach gave me a select items that he wants me to accomplish or these are the things that I must do for the end of the week. It's a different mindset. People... People need to have that. They need to have that structure and that ability to progress and have somebody there giving them the tools and the tips that they need to do it. Because you're going remember, for the 7.7 or 7.6 billion people on the planet, not one individual is built the same. So to say to one individual, you need 1,500 calories a day, da, 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 da. come on, but BS, for the most part, right? We need to judge these things Daily, weekly, not necessarily using the scale, using the mirror. How do you feel? Do you have energy? Are you lethargic? Are you sitting on the couch for your for the a good chunk of the morning? Are you having brain fog? Or what are the things that are going on with your health? Things that you feel and how, or could be different or um, allow you to. Maybe you have more energy. Maybe you used to sleep six hours. Now you're sleeping seven hours. You've changed your meals. You're eating more um, high-density nutritional foods, like your proteins like steak or ground beef or salmon or chicken, and you're complementing that with vegetables, a fruit, maybe a bit of nuts for, for fat. Just creating... That, um, doing the old, as, as I like to say it here, and again, depending on where in the world you are and how your supermarkets are laid out, but here we always say stay to the outside. If you stay to the outside, you're good because all your uh, your meats and your dairy and uh, vegetables and fruits are surround the, the, um, the shopping center. So in the middle aisles are mainly your processed foods for the most part, baking supplies and stuff like that. So I always like to say stay to the outside, all right? Counting calories. Something, you know, how do you know whether you're maintenance, you're in a deficit, or you are um, in a surplus? Something I like to do um, when utilizing the scale is indicate Okay, I'm gonna eat what I'm eating for a week. okay? And I would say get on the scale in the morning when you get out of bed because that will balance out any water weight or anything that retention that you have that have, that's transpired throughout the day. If you get on a scale at night, you're gonna it's gonna weigh everything the food that's in your stomach, uh, maybe you have a little extra water retention. So sometimes those numbers are skewed. Best time to do it. you get out of bed, you go to the bathroom, you get on the scale, it's going to give you the most accurate weight, right? Because your body has spent the last seven, eight hours getting rid of everything that's inside your stomach. If there's any food in there, it's repairing itself. It's get, You are the best version of yourself first thing in the morning, all right? Now, if you're not changing what you're eating, you're going to get a baseline as to whether you're in a surplus or, or a deficit because the scale is either going to go up or down a little bit. And based on that information, then we can cut food or we can add food because a lot of times too, um, something super important that a lot of people maybe don't uh, understand or get is that your body is adaptive. So what that means is Uh, If you're in a caloric deficit for a long period of time for weight loss, you know, maybe you started at 2,000, you worked your way down to 1,500 to 1,200, your body, the thermogenic response changes, the metabolic, um, your metabolism, I guess the best way to say it, will adjust according to what you eat and the activity level you do over a period of time. Greatest thing that I could take as a piece of advice that was given me very later on that really I didn't really even get it is the best way to lose weight is with the least amount of cardio and the least amount of meal changing because that will that will yield the greatest amount of success. And when I say that people are like, "What? I don't have to get on a treadmill?" not necessarily again you need to have tools in your toolbox that are going to get you to the the end result or the later stages of the dieting where your body starts to plateau where your metabolism starts to change as you go into the deficit it recompartmentalizes how things get distributed throughout your body the function of hormones the thing all these things Happen, and I mean, we have some of the greatest scientists and doctors in the world, and and I'm fortunate to have a great coaching team around me that has a knowledge of wealth, probably way more so than I do. And nobody, it's not you're not just figuring it out. It's not cut or dry with every individual. It's 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 a science experiment. It's a it's a trial and error. And the best part about that is, as you trial and error. You get to learn what works and what doesn't with your body. You get to understand and get the knowledge base of what you're doing. So, with nutrition, it's it's probably the number one factor for your accomplishment for weight loss and um, body recomposition, next to you know exercise. I'm going to put sleep in there uh, up with nutrition because I do believe from my own personal experience that when I was able to sleep longer, I always felt better. I was always clear minded. I was always um, my stomach even felt better. You know, the foods I was consuming paired with the sleep, I think, just was overall gave me a, a better sense of well being, um, which is greatly important. So rule rule number one. <laughs> rule number one. So the biggest tip that I can give again for those of you starting out is make a list of all of the foods that you're eating. Take the time, whether it's photographs, that seems to be the easiest because people don't want to open up an app, search the food. And I was there once and it's like, okay, every meal, okay, we're, you know, scanning the packages, things like that. Some people will do that, but a lot of people don't want to take the time to do that. You can simply take a photo of those. I do believe there's some apps out there that will actually transfer the photo to calorie type of definition I don't know how accurate that is but it doesn't need to be crazy accurate at the beginning it just you need to have an understanding of what you're eating if you take a picture and it's a steak and a you know you got a baked potato the next picture is a granola bar the next picture is a can of pop the next picture is a bag of chips then the next picture is a, a piece of chicken you're gonna get the big picture. You're gonna get. You're gonna say, "Holy moly!" Or you know, I'm having a couple beers at the end of the night, or I've had a glass of wine, or I put my hand in the cookie jar and took out two cookies at, at ten o'clock at night. When you capture those, like I always encourage clients to do when they are about to enter the journey of weight loss or body recomposition, muscle gain, is pictures. Take that first picture, and continue the continually progress through pictures because you are with yourself all day every day and slight changes you don't notice or it takes you a while to really get to notice those where this can be very discouraging in a long run where you're like hey I'm two months into this and I really don't see any change okay pull out the pictures Look at picture one, look at picture two, look at picture three, right? One picture a month. And you'll see those slight changes. And you know I recommend that you utilize the same outfit uh, or whatnot so that you can kind of get the, a, a consistency on that. The same thing with the food. Take that first week and just document everything that you're eating, all right? Then we can scale back. The food consumption. Okay, so, you know, let's get rid of the Pepsi. Let's get rid of the processed uh, granola bars. Let's get rid of the bag of chips. And let's keep everything the same. And then let's see where you're at in, in, in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, and then go from there. Okay, now we're going to decrease the, the portion sizes of the carbohydrates. Or we're going to increase fat. You know, how are you responding to something that's higher fat? Um, What's the protein consumption? Are we doing resistance training? Something that I, of course, recommend for longevity is uh, to make sure that your bones, ligaments, tendons, and muscles are as strong as they can be in a functional world where we want to pick things up, put things down. uh, Super important, which we will do in a completely other episode. But it's it's really that simple, and it doesn't have to be something that you completely wipe out what you were doing and start over, okay? And I think for me, that's the biggest thing that I learned over the years because when I started, that's exactly what I did. I, I wiped everything out, and I went to the chicken, and I went to the the rice, and it was frustrating at times. I thankfully had enough willpower to get through about a twelve-week um, cookie cutter plan with eating basically chicken, and I think I don't know when the last time I actually had a piece of chicken was. That's how <laughs> disgusted I was with that meal plan. After a while, it was it was it was daunting to go through that and then have to eat chicken every day. And uh. anyway, it doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be like that. You can have a set of favorite foods that you eat and consume and still lose weight, you know? There are things in there that, you know, we can say are non-negotiables. And what I mean by a non-negotiable, and I'm not stating that I agree with cheat meals or cheat days or do this for six days and on the seventh day eat whatever you want. But I think there are a couple items that could be non-negotiables. Now, whether or not when we incorporate the entire process, we're including the exercise, the dieting, um, we can add our non-negotiables depending on what they are with the understanding depending on what the goal is or the length of time that we're trying to get to our particular goal is that non-negotiable item could be utilized, you know, say it's a piece of cake that's 800 calories And you're doing that once a week because your grandmother makes this amazing cheesecake. She's been making it for you for 20 years. And if you told poor grandma that I couldn't have cheesecake, it would break her heart because you're on a diet and she doesn't understand why. Been there, done that. I know exactly what that feels like. So you work around that. Um, I know it's very important in my family, in my household, that we have Sunday dinner at my parents'. It's an opportunity for us to catch up and uh, through food and conversation, we and we've had some wild ones, we uh, we eat um, and we have dessert and we, we don't really think twice about what we're consuming, but I make arrangements for that. So I know that I'm going to probably get um, maybe a higher carbohydrate meal, maybe a um, you know, multiple options so we want to dive into salads and gravy and whatever my mom decides to, to put on the table but it's always followed up by a, a good dessert either it's a piece of cake or ice cream or what it what may be so I account for those things whether it's two extra five kilometer walks a, a week that's going to burn me that 800 to thousand calories that makes up that difference and that's what I do. That has to be something that we look at. And be honest with yourself and be honest with your coaches. Something that um, I've learned as well is it's easy to, to skew the numbers per se. And what I mean by that is, well, you know, I think I was around 2,500 calories. I mean, I ate a large steak and I had potato and I uh, and you kind of skim through it. You know, remember when you guys go get your morning coffee and you put a sweetener or you put some skim milk in it there, you're putting calories into your body. Those need to be counted. Those need to be, that's not just, oh, it's just my coffee. All right. Unless you're drinking it black, excuse me, then you're putting calories into it. Be careful on the liquid. Liquid calories will creep up and destroy you. (laughs) And everybody's made the mistake. Right down to the professionals. Um, Sauces is another one. When you're eating lean fish or lean meat and you're on the third or fourth week and it's starting to taste bland, dumping ketchup or barbecue sauce on it will make a determining factor in your progress because you're adding sugars and whatnot that are in those and you'll be surprised look at the label on a lot of those sauces and if you and we dump and the thing with those are is it'll say in the on the on the on the back you know 30 calories per teaspoon well, nobody pulls a teaspoon out and puts the barbecue sauce, levels out the barbecue sauce on the teaspoon, and then puts it on their food. You're dumping it. And you're probably, you. your one teaspoon that you think you just put on your steak is only 30 calories, you put four on. So you're at 120 calories and you don't even realize it. You do that twice a day. You know, you've accounted for 60 calories, and in fact, you've added another 180 or 200 calories to your day. And 200 calories over the course of, you know, a month is a couple pounds. So something to always look at when you are picking and choosing foods. Um, so the beginner out there, the, the father, the mother, the middle-aged man, the whichever. You need to also, super important to me. And it's very difficult having a teenager who can go to the store on his own and is very self-sufficient. Provide your children with the same knowledge that you are giving yourself or putting on yourself, investing in yourself. Giving nutritional advice to your kids is probably something that even though they may not want to follow it 100% or like I said with a teenager who, yes, he eats what I feed him, but he does go out on his own at times and um, eats what he wants and does what he wants. He has a group of frenzies around and there's always, um, there's pressure around that too. So, but I armed him with the information. My son is very knowledgeable on what he should be eating, the foods that are good for him, so when he becomes an adult and his brain stops developing, you know, in his mid twenties, like as most of us men, probably our brains never develop fully. Ha ha. Um, but that knowledge that's in the back of his brain, he he can pull that out, and he can, you know, maybe at some point if he's getting a little overweight or he's not feeling very good or he's lethargic or is, you know, whichever it may be, because he goes, hey, maybe I'm going to try this with my food. It makes a world of difference and absolutely changes the way you go about your day. I promise you. Um, whether that's okay, and let's just get into the modality part of it here before I close this segment up. You have a lot of camps. You have your keto. All right? Keto is is a high-fat Moderate protein, low-carbohydrate diet, okay? Lots of bacon, eggs, uh, nuts, oils, MCT oils, butter, followed up by moderate protein, uh, about 0.5 grams per pound of body weight, roughly. And then you have low to next to no carbohydrates, less than 25 grams a day, which normally you get a fibrous carbohydrate through a vegetable or something. Is kind of uh, when I did it. Um, that's what I followed. So there's nothing wrong with keto. There's nothing wrong with any of these diets. I, I do implore that all of you try them before you knock them. Go about it in a very pragmatic way because that diet, even though for me, I, I went on it for just shy of a month and I had a lot of digestive issues. It didn't, it didn't sit well with me, even though I had a really good uh, sense of mental clarity. It just overall wasn't, didn't really work for me. Uh, And I did see drastic weight loss on that. Um, As those of you who maybe don't know about uh, ketogenic diets, it's uh, changing the fuel source from uh, glucose over to ketones. So carbohydrates, obviously are a fuel source for us they're not um, they convert to glucose which then um, is used for fuel that's in your liver and in your muscles so when you expend energy you utilize the glucose when you don't have glucose in your body you have ketones and your brain functions uh, scientifically there have been studies stating that you you function better on a uh, when burning ketones, and that comes out of your fat cells. So therefore, you're, you, you've switched fuel sources from a carbohydrate over to a, um, a fat. Another modality um, would be like a carnivore. So an all-meat diet, generally you're using fattier meats, uh, lots of steak, lots of uh, beef, um, Chicken, salmon, all just eating protein. Now, even though the early stages, there are a couple of people that uh, swear by it. Uh, there are a couple of doctors out there that uh, I can't speak of their names at the top of my head who do utilize these types of diets where they are strictly eating meat, getting all of the rich uh, nutrients that their body needs strictly out of that, and at the same time. When you're not bringing in carbohydrates, you're going to use fat as a fuel source. And then there's the regular balanced diet where you um, introduce a small amount of carbohydrates. You've got a protein source, a vegetable, um, a fruit, and you just kind of switch that up, uh, which I think is most common. And a lot of people like to just kind of have a little bit of everything. I personally like with my training is carb cycling where I utilize carbohydrates on a training day and I stay away from carbohydrates on a rest day. Uh, I seem to get the most long-term success out of that. It seems to be the easiest for me to follow. It becomes regimented and scheduled so that I know on this day I eat them and this day I don't but whatever one you choose try it first and see if it's if it's sustainable for you and your lifestyle and obviously helping you to reach your goals something else that I want to dive into and I want to do a completely separate episode with this and in fact I want to try and get a guest on for this is fasting okay absolutely remarkable some of the studies and the things that are happening Just in the recent future, and I know we've, as humans, have been doing this for the dawn of time, so those of you who think that because you don't eat in a day, you're going to starve to death and die, it's absolutely absurd and ridiculous. Um, I did, in fact, experiment with fasting for a long time. I did intermittent fasting. I used to do a 20-hour window so I in a 24 hour day I ate inside 4 hours in the other 20 hours I didn't eat I did that for a very long time about 8 months I also played around with full fasting and 5 days with no food consuming a um, mineral enriched water or fluid which provided astronomical results uh, in the mental clarity and the physic, my physical capability. I did a 10-minute f- sprint on a treadmill um, on a stomach that was probably three or four hours after eating, so it was fairly empty. Um, and then I fasted for five days only, and the last day I got on the treadmill, I did the same 10-minute tr- sprint, and I was actually faster and quicker and more agile and felt better, and still had loads of energy, and I didn't eat for five days. So there's something to be said with with fasting, and there's a lot of really good information out there about fasting, and if that is something that you're willing to dive into or try, I highly suggest that you um, maybe get the advice of a, a physician, or talk to your coach, Or uh, do some research. But I promise you it's not going to kill you. If you don't eat for a little while. That's what your body is adaptive. And when you eat you store fat. And you have a lot of it on you. Even those of you who are lean. Have a percentage of body fat on you. That your body requires to sustain life. Plain and simple. You don't have body fat. You die. Um, I hope that gives you guys a really good rundown. Of nutrition on a basic level. I would love to dive deeper into this and provide you more information, maybe with specific foods, things that you're interested in, and we can talk more about it. All right. This has been a wicked episode. Episode number five, all about basic nutrition. If you guys have any questions or comments, please get a hold of me. If you're looking for some coaching, I do provide that service, and I would love to help you kick your butt, give you some accountability, hold you to your goals, and get you to where you need to be. I've been your host, Michael Sobq. This is the Fit Fun Father podcast, and I'm super stoked to bring you another wicked episode. Thank you very much, and we'll see you guys on the next one. Hey, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in to episode number five. A little look at nutrition. Again, we talked about some Great stuff! Some different um, aspects to dieting, and maybe a different perspective for those of you out there just getting into the game or looking and thinking about how to go about it. Again, I want to deeply thank you for all of your support. So thus far in the podcast, getting to episode five was a real big thing since I only started this thing just over a week ago. So I got lots of stuff to talk about super excited. Uh, If you guys want to donate, I am on Patreon. If you need online coaching, if you're listening to this right now and you figure I'm the perfect fit for you and you want to be held accountable, drop me a DM. Go on to Instagram at fitfunfather. I have a questionnaire. Simply go through that so that I can better understand your needs and then I will pick up the phone and we will have a conversation. It doesn't get any more real than that. Thanks again. Episode six is coming soon. Topic unknown. I am taking suggestions on Instagram as to what you guys want to listen to next. I have a couple things in the shoot. I'm just not sure which one I want to talk about next. We're going to leave it a big surprise or I'll make an announcement uh, in the next coming days as to what we're going to talk about. So again, everybody, thanks again for listening to the podcast. Episode number five. I love you. You guys rock. We'll see you on the next one.